Urbanite's Mini Ramble. Special guest today, Stephen's on vacay at One The Verge. Say hello. Yellow. Yeah, we're going to start it off a little differently um, with a little sports update with DJ Field. DJ Field, how is sports looking? Bo Jackson. Bo knows baseball. Bo knows football. Bo Jackson. <laughs> Thank you very much. You're going home now, right? <laughs> that <laughs> just happened. Bring me my chimichanga. Love, love you, Field. It was excellent having you on the podcast again. Excellent, excellent podcasting. Excellent service. At One Verge, also known as The Verge, also known as Jeremy Sharing. How are you? Dude, I'm doing great. That's awesome. I'm going to turn so I can see you, so I'm not looking. Yeah. I'm like looking at you through a mirror. I'm, uh, stuff, you know, I was like. actually, you know, I pretend like not to care that this is like you and Steven's thing, but sure. I was I was secretly waiting for you to ask me back again. Yeah. I'm really excited to be here. Second Unfortunately, coming. I'm sober. I was going to say, this is probably going to be a pretty uneventful podcast. Right. I thought I thought the first time we did it together went really well. I mean, you know, relatively well. Yeah, well, I'm trying to trim back on some of the segments, so it won't be probably as funny. Plus, you're on, so it's probably not going to be as funny it's anyway. It's instantly less funny. Sure. <laughs> right. You're sure. you're infinitely less funny than Stephen. <laughs> so so say the critics. Classic. Yeah. Um. So I tweeted out earlier. Um that uh, I was doing a podcast with you and Molly Cohen uh, said that she had a request yeah. on a subject that we should, we should talk about. And that subject is Molly Cohen thoughts. <laughs> uh, she's a, uh, you know, she's, she's a, uh, she's a uh, great people there. She's I don't know. How do I, how do I handle this? Well, you, your thoughts on Molly Cohen. Let me think about it. Um, I, I uh she twitters a lot. She uh she does she does tweet quite a bit. And that's not a complaint because no. like when I check my Twitter account, it's nice to see that there's actually things going on cuz I sure. don't follow too many people. Here yeah, at one point, you know, cuz you probably have like a like a Twitter app or something, right? I do, yeah. Yeah. You just get have, it sent to your phone. I have a Twitter app for Urbanites uh Twitter. Mhm. But then I just get like my text one the verge stuff on like text messages, so it kind of split up, so it's That's separate. You know, idea. That's a really bad that is, idea. It's a you terrible know, you can idea. have two accounts on the same. I should do that. I just haven't. App, yeah. Um. So anyway, I'll just tell you a little story. At one point, when I was first following people on my phone, I was following Sam Ash and Molly Cohen on my phone. Right. That was a terrible idea. Yeah. Because it's just it's just nonstop all day long, yeah. all day long. And it's usually just between the two of them. Right. <laughs> They're just talking to each other. But, uh, no, I really like them. They've been uh, faithful Chicago fans, Molly Cohen. And uh, she's going to – she, uh, she moved to St. Louis now. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say she doesn't live uh, in Chicago. Or around there. I don't think it's actually St. Louis. Maybe it is, but it's close nearby. Yeah, we've got t- – uh, I heard a rumor. We've we've got a show in St. Louis and Kansas City coming up next week. These should be posted if you give me the audio files tonight. They will be posted before those shows, yeah. Um, which is good because that uh, that's a good plug. But um, I, I heard a rumor that she is coming to both of them. I don't know, or maybe that was no. Devin. She did tell me that actually. Or no, I think Molly's coming to one, and then Devin's uh, coming to two of them. Either way, it's awesome because no, that means is. we've got two people coming. We got <laughs> which at is great. least at least one person coming to one of the shows, which is a step more than one more than I thought. 
at one of the birds more than I thought. <laughs> Classy. Um, so, yeah, we talked about Molly, and that was pretty much the only request that I had. Well, Molly, thank you for <laughs> replying. Yeah, and, you know, feel free to keep those coming because I, I, I've really got nothing to talk about <laughs> except for, you know, <laughs> joke segments that I made. Right. Which are fun, but they can't be that interesting. Very fun. Why don't you uh, why don't you, why don't we talk about what uh, what happened, what we did tonight? Because that was kind of fun. Yeah, absolutely. We had um, I my elementary school that I went to here in Indiana, in Valparaiso, Indiana. When I moved here from Illinois um, in third grade, I went to an um, elementary school called Parkview, and real small. You know, just a couple hundred kids. Yeah. Real small place, and. Um, they have this thing every year that they do to uh, promote reading in the um, in the fourth and fifth graders, you know, the ones who can read. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to promote reading, they have this, well, when I did it uh, 15, 12, 15 years ago, whenever it was, uh, it was like an overnighter. And the teachers would like put on skits and stuff. It's called Friday Night Live, yeah. um, cleverly. And... Um, they would put on skits and like they did a lot of like SNL type stuff. And yeah. then, but like before all that stuff happens, they take you to like the YMCA and you swim and they do like cool other stuff. Um, right. And they have like a theme every year. And, and it's like, it's like built up. Like, Oh yeah. It's, it's crazy. like every year. It's like the highlight of the kids year. Like, yeah. When you're in fourth and fifth grade, it's pretty incredible. Right. You stay, your, you know, you, these people who are like your disciplinary, uh, you know, people, your teachers are doing something like for you. It's all for you. Right. And it's pretty cool. It's, it's really awesome. And, um, it's a lot of fun. And this year they asked us, um, because your daughter goes to that school. Right. Um, they asked us to, um, I have like a little concert right. and they were like, the kids would love it. The kids would love it. And that's what we did tonight. We played so like yeah. five songs, something like that. For like 100, 100 fourth and fifth graders. And they were possibly the best audience you ever had. They're like Can running you, around. and You can't turn your phone off for five seconds oh during the podcast. Oh my gosh, dude, I'm so sorry. Who's you? What, you got a, you got like a text message? Um, what, were, what were we speaking of? Um, oh, we were Friday talking about Friday Night Live. Friday Night Live, yeah. So, so we played like five or six songs. And um, kids with glow sticks were going nuts. And yeah, you know, it was pretty... And awesome. Steven Steven screwed up a uh, screwed up a cover. Steven <laughs> screwed up a Justin Bieber song. <laughs> he did that too. Yes. And um, and uh, and uh, Randy Newman song. And a Randy Newman song, which if you've listened to the podcast ever, you know that. Right. He's an idiot. You've for got a friend in me. <laughs> and he didn't do the voice. That's no, it's so too bad. But uh, yeah, you know, whatever. We played some new stuff. And yep. We've pretty much arrived. <laughs> yeah. We're fifth graders. There was ninety six of them. <laughs> Which is awesome. Life is good at the top. Yep. And, you know, wh- wh- I mean, when I did, when I was involved in it, when I was 10 and 11, it was it was awesome. And, and I'm sure that judging by what they're doing now, it's just gotten even better. So. Yeah, I know. It's 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 insane. And think of how many kids are going to be interested in music now just because of that. Like, not even because of us, but just because that school was like, it would be awesome for these kids to go to a concert. Sure. That's awesome. It is. It's very cool of them. I mean, it could have been anybody. It could have been, you know, name a local band. It could have been a cover band, and it would have been cool, you know. But right, um, yeah. Anyway, but it was us playing original music. Yeah, and yeah. Justin Bieber <laughs> with just one chorus. And Stephen, right. there's literally one lyric for that whole chorus, <laughs> and it's "baby," and he did not know the words. Right. <laughs> uh, classic Stephen. 
I feel like you're a lot louder than me right now. I'm going to turn up a little bit. Is that a fact? Can you say something? Hey, hey, hey. You are a little bit louder than me. That's unacceptable. I'm the host. Yeah. I'm going to turn up even a little yeah, bit more. I'll, I'll fix that. I'll fix that in mixing. Fix that in post. You don't even mix this anymore. <laughs> um, so, yeah, last week um, we uh, did. Yeah. Maybe you should turn me down. Did you do that? That, that, that may have been DJ right there. Oh. I turned you up a little bit so we could hear him. Uh, last week we did something that I'd like to start. I've had a little bit of feedback on the pod, and it was it was basically like I want to know more about the band, less less funny stuff. And I'm like, you know, screw you. Right. That's what I do. Um, right. Whether it's funny or not, it's what I do. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, so last week we talked about Steven's songwriting and how he right. puts together lyrics and you know melody first or lyrics first, and you know, we got the feeling that it's melody first always, which I already knew. But, um, so I want to talk to you a little bit about guitar stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, why are you such a good guitar player that likes to hide behind so many pedals? Uh, I'm 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 pretty sure I used to be a better guitarist. <laughs> I've gotten sloppier over the years uh, and less proficient. But um, I love uh, I'm 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 a little more. It's I think it's kind of obvious listening to how I play. But I really I I prefer to be a little more atmospheric ethereal uh more textury type of guitarist and uh i could probably work on being a little bit less of that a little more of a of a lead guitarist but uh, that's the kind of stuff i like to do i like uh i like having uh, a lot of reverb on my tone and yeah right yeah i was just gonna say how do you get to that point where you where you where um you say atmospheric how do you get to that point with your pedals and with your playing yeah like, sure what do you, i mean do, do we want to get like kind of techie here or well uh, yeah i mean you don't have to tell us how many chords you have in your pedal board but like you know sure um like you can use generalizations like reverb pedal i don't need to know sure. that it's a holy grail but no i gotcha um i've kind of just started recently running through uh go if you go right from right from the guitar and uh the way that the pedals are chained together will affect the outcome. Like, if, for instance, having a reverb before a distortion gives you this kind of washy reverb sound, which I've kind of grown to like recently. So I'll run, like, right into just kind of for the over-the-top reverb stuff that's real, like, <laughs> that kind of, right. those kind of noises, you know, which I'm a big fan of. If you run into a reverb pedal first and then into a distortion pedal, you get a kind of a cool just a cool over-the-top reverb effect instead of running reverb last, which is kind of the... Now, how many reverb pedals do you have? Three? Uh, right now, I only have two reverb pedals. Do you have it set up to where you can do either option? Do you do you run the reverb first so can, and after? I have a reverb set up to run before and one after, and I can run either of them both at the same time or one or the other, you know. Now, can it be either one? Because you have that you have a MIDI set up to where you can yeah, you I have, have a MIDI switching system where it's like multiple pedals can be saved as a preset. Like your pedals are always on, and they either come in and out of the loop. It's uh, which is safe to say that's at least twenty five percent of your board is those <laughs> MIDI controllers. It is, and it's 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 you would think I have a lot more pedals on there, but it's just like a couple delay pedals, a couple of reverb pedals, a couple of distortion pedals, and uh, right. 
<laughs> whammy wah. <laughs> <laughs> that red pedal. I, I hated that pedal, and and I hate saying this because um, it makes me such a like a Fairweather fan of guitar pedals, if that makes any sense. But until I saw it, Mike get loud, and every single one of those guys had it yep. and used it, and I was like, that's how you use it, okay? Oh. Well, when I saw somebody who knew what they were doing right, use it, the then I was like, stupid. oh, <laughs> maybe the verse should just take a course. <laughs> I actually speaking of that pedal, I and I really don't even use it properly. I just use it as an octave pedal, like an octave up pedal. But it's cool if you do like a if you put like an you put it on the octave up setting, so it's just when you hit the chord, like you don't get that chord, you get an octave higher than that chord. Right. Um and then I put like uh like distortion delay and reverb on it. And then instead of just hitting it, I'll swell it in with my volume pedal and it gives it like like at the beginning of of destroy, which isn't released. The beginning of calling my name, but they've heard it on the podcast, which before. isn't released. Oh yeah, we did play destroy on the podcast before. Um, it's like this really cool, almost like keyboard sound that I've right that I've been overdoing in the last few songs we've been writing. But <laughs> <laughs> you know. You've been wait, you've been overdoing atmospheric swelly stuff <laughs> for quite some time now, right? <laughs> I mean, I've I've tried to write some cool guitar parts for you, and you just <laughs> refuse to play them. You're like, no, that's too good. <laughs> that stands out too much. That is sounds way too much like a guitar part. That sounds me. like a guitar part. And you know what? I could mess that up live. It's right. not safe enough. Right, that's not safe. Um, Let me just put a bunch of delay and reverb and distortion on, on right. the guitar tone and then swell it in. I'm the most technically proficient person I know, but I like to hide behind pedals. <laughs> It's, it's easier that way. It's acceptable. I'm probably the least profi- like the least proficient person in the band, and I write the weirder stuff right. that is harder That's to harder play. Harder to play, right? <laughs> and it's never that stuff that I really mess up. It's always the set me on fire eighth notes right. that I mess <laughs> up. <laughs> like, I think it's just because I'm ADD and uh, right. I'm already on the next note right. in my head. You can't play B for that long. I, I can't play it. B that long. Yeah, <laughs> I love playing B that long in that song. It's great, but I just yeah. can't do it. It's hard. Um. Yeah, so I mean, where do you, where do you draw from? Like, I mean, I don't. That's such a uh, probably a terrible sure. question to ask, but like, I mean, like, what, like, why why did you want to start doing atmospheric stuff? What? Because I've heard, I mean, when we were in Denver, uh, Isaac played yeah. played us some stuff, yeah. and there was definitely not atmospheric. It was, it was it an was acoustic song that you just had like this crazy distortion solo just over. Metal, just metal on top of. <laughs> it was like I don't even I don't even know if it was in the same yeah. key. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, it was I like Isaac was playing a Dave Matthews song, and you were playing the national anthem from right. Radiohead or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> wow, it's funny. Like I, I literally when he played that, I did not even remember it. I was like, wow, I do not remember playing that solo. That <laughs> sounds terrible. And it was like panned too. Like you were right. like only coming out. It was like right. it was weird. <laughs> it was. It was. It was weird for me. Um, I don't know. I kind of started off playing guitar just listening to nothing but smashing pumpkins and that's all i wanted to play what yeah no crazy right which is all stuff that you love to do in urbanites <laughs> and uh i think i don't know i think part of it it probably started a little bit with uh with machina when the pumpkins put out machina it had this way more a lot of ebos and he had like this weird like phaser flanger reverb thing going on like through the whole record like in like the cleaner guitar parts and i don't know something i started getting drawn to more like the reverb like atmospheric stuff that he started to go towards billy corgan started to play on on machina that's 
probably my favorite record of all times and I don't know many Smashing Pumpkins fans who would say that, but yeah. it's uh I love I love that record. I it's like the poppy stuff, but Right. Like Siamese Dream and Yeah, yeah. big fan of Siamese Dream. Yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not as much as Siamese Dream, but I I do like Siamese Dream. And then uh it's it's weird. I really didn't start getting into U two until after I got out of high school and it's kinda like this weird Like ninety two, ninety three. Nice one. Um, I, when I started getting into them, it was like I just got on the train late, and all of a sudden I started getting excited about. Like literally, you got on a, on a train late. <laughs> yes, and so and like somebody was and then saw you too. Um, so they kind of uh gave me a new new appreciation for. I mean, the Edge is such a such a simple simple guitarist who just uses uses effects so well, and that kind of that kind of inspired me. And I would also say, um, especially like, I don't mean to interrupt, but especially like when you watch, it's so funny when you watch, it might get loud to bring that up again. And, and, um, Jimmy Page and, and Jack White are doing like all this kind of crazy stuff right. and, and it's really interesting, but then it gets to the edges part, which is really underplayed in my opinion in that movie. Like Jack White really steals the movie, but, yeah. um, and Jimmy Page does a lot of cool stuff and even his personality, the edge is real, like just like kind of in the background right. in, that, in that movie. But like, when it gets to that part, like the look on on both Jimmy Page and Jack White's face when he like is teaching him the chords for for um, I will follow, is yeah. that what it was? And it, it's like two chords and it's like a simple like right. stripped down version of the chords and they're right. like the look on both their faces is like oh <laughs> that's how, that's what you're doing. <laughs> it was like <laughs> it's so funny. And they're all like playing it wrong the first time through. They're like too much, too much. Pop up, pop up. <laughs> pop up. <laughs> now you're not, not doing enough. anything. Not uh. Yeah, and I, uh, that's such a great movie, by the way. If you haven't watched, it might get loud. You should, and you're a fan of, of guitar. <laughs> yeah, go watch it. Um, it's, it was very inspiring. Yeah, it is funny like that. I I felt like, like the Edge just kind of looked like a dork in that movie. He really did, yeah. I mean, Jimmy Page and Jack White looked awesome. <laughs> right, yeah. And he kind of looked like a tool. There were those few scenes, though, where um, he was just in that room. With and his it was computer. Like, <laughs> and it was, like, overlooking, like, the like the river or, like, oh, there was somewhere in Dublin, shots. I think. Yeah. yeah, but, like, that room was just, like, like racks and yeah. racks and racks yeah. of effects and stuff. And he was amazing. just, like, bouncing in and out of stuff. That was right. that, that was pretty cool. Like That's just incredible. The vibe that he was making on one instrument. Like, the other stuff was cool to see them play like classic Zeppelin songs and, and, and Jack White stuff. But then just to hear him in a room by himself, just the, right. the wall that he was getting, that right. it was just thick and it, it, that was cool. It's, it's incredible what he has done with guitar tone, obviously. Um, yeah. And then, uh, kind of, a I I started leaning towards a little bit, a little bit darker, but a little bit, uh, you know, like I love, I love darker the than national. pumpkins. Darker than pumpkins. Well, but not as not as over the top. You darker know than I mean? Machina. <laughs> <laughs> Name a record that's darker <laughs> than Machina that you listen to. <laughs> Valid point. Um, uh, just yeah, whole, that kind of whole uh, national vibe. It's got like the clean. I don't. I don't know. It, it's. I. I feel like I'd be a little better prepared for this if I thought about it a little bit more, but. It's okay. Um, it's a podcast. It's just no, it's cool. Yeah, flesh it out. But uh, I like that. Like, 
that kind of like that it's 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 really it's really raw it it feels really raw but the tone isn't really raw does that make any sense like that kinda, absolutely yeah like it's it's kind of this washy reverb tone and it's but it's 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 raw it has this like very aggressive quality to it but it's like a cleaner yeah the nationals a, the nationals a perfect example of that when they have that exactly. part in that song it's like right and it's just like oh my gosh and i and i really like that kind of where this you know some of some of the modern guitar is going i mean these bands that are doing it well like even arcade fire has some cool moments in their uh with their guitar stuff where it's like, wow, that's really sweet. You know, like yeah. it just pops in and out and it's like, well, where the guitar go the rest of the song <laughs> it <laughs> comes in for that minute. Right. Does a sweet thing. But, um, yeah, I feel like I'm drawing a blank on some big influences right now, but maybe I'll think of it later. Yeah, that's all right. We'll move forward. But, uh, maybe, uh, I just want to make sure people are getting what they want. This might bore a ton of you, but, uh, some of my, some of my favorite guitar pedals. Is that too far? No, 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 no. Uh, no, I mean, um, there's certainly, um, like Molly Cohen might not care, but <laughs> there's certainly some people out there who listen that <laughs> they definitely want to know what yeah. kind of pedals you're using. I mean, um, I wouldn't even be um, remiss to to say like what like on the album on the years what were what were we doing then? Sure. I know that that was like right when you got that whammy was. So there's a. It's not on there. It's not on I there. Think it's on the years at all. I haven't really used it at all, but. Uh no, it's pretty standard delay pedals like the Boss and Line Six, but I really like the I have that carbon copy, which is a which is an analog delay, which is a really sweet pedal. But probably a couple of my favorite pedals are pretty basic. I have this this Keeley compressor pedal, which is like a custom. I a lot of guys like use compressor just as an effect, but I use it as like permanently on kind of a tone which which for those who don't know that kind of helps your sustain and your volume right helps your sustain which helps because i play through a hollow body through the gretch and you lose a lot of sustain with a hollow body you know with yeah those solid bodies you like steven's guitar uh and my les paul that i used to play through yeah but you, but the hollow body uh, you don't have a lot of sustain but it's more pronounced like you, right. every note is you, yeah you can get a little more it's a little more percussive and it's a little more uh there's definitely some uh there's clarity in the notes yeah, instead of like a wah it's like a bing sure like a yeah <laughs> i like that you like that <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was right from my mouth to your ears <laughs> so i love that i love that uh i love that compressor pedal and it makes uh you're gonna say you like my my mouth on your ears, which you wouldn't know. That's I never that's never once <laughs> happened. I don't know why you would bring anything into this conversation similar to that. Like, I mean, yeah, you you drink pretty heavily, and that's that was, that's at least it never happened once. <laughs> that was inappropriate. I'm sorry. Uh, don't yeah, put your feet on my desk. <laughs> yeah, I totally just put my feet up on the desk. This is way better. No, it's like ten thirty at night. Wheels. Gosh. Oh, I got locks on them. Yeah, oh, shit. brought this desk from home. <laughs> Kick. Um, then I have a a modded a uh, modded tube screamer, which is pretty much the distortion I use all the time. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that pedal. Favorite. I like the OC. I like Steven's OCD better, but yeah, it makes. I mean, it makes sense for what you're doing. Yeah, and I feel like uh, kind of staying in that mid mid range i mean well you know it it takes time like it's 
no one's ever totally happy with their tone, and I'm not even remotely happy with my tone. So. Right. <laughs> There's a bajillion things I like to do, but... There's a bajillion things I'd like for you to do, too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> my ultimate goal is to have, uh, you know, uh, just a couple MIDI controllers out in front of me, a whammy-wah, a tap for some delays, and a volume pedal, and a tuner, and, and just have a just a mountain of effects backstage I control yeah like a a different delay pedal literally for every song (laughs) I don't think I brought this up on the pod but um um my uh since I'm interviewing everybody I'm not gonna I'm just gonna have to throw this in whatever (laughs) but uh um I am planning on uh, if your house goes through and, and if I'm siding and trimming your house this summer I'm gonna build a double neck uh bass guitar um can you repeat that for those people who thought they misheard you? No, no, no. You didn't mishear. Double neck. That's one body, two <laughs> instruments. Um, I'm going to have a P bass. Right now, I, I, the only thing I know for sure, for sure, is that it's going to be a P bass. Um, the only thing he knows for sure is that it's going to be awesome. That, I, that it's going to be awesome. And if you doubt me, you need to go look up a band called L1011 because um, they're killer. But um, They're pretty amazing. Yeah, they are. Um, anyway, yeah, and... Uh, it's gonna be a P bass for sure, and I've I've gone back and forth between like a really stripped down Tele and a really stripped down Jazzmaster, and I think I'm gonna try and combine the two. Like th- there's aspects of the Jazzmaster that really make me nervous, like like the bridge really make it's a really intricate bridge that they have on those Jazzmasters. Like it's yeah. you know half the bridge is pulled back really far, and right. then the other half is like really close to the pickup, and that makes me nervous. And then two pickups also make me nervous because I'm not really a guitar player. I kind of just want one humbucker really close to the neck, just like a kind of a thicker, right. a thicker, um, sound. And, uh, and I like the body style of jazz master better. So I'll probably incorporate something of the two, like, um, like they have that 72 reissue, um, telly that they have. And I'll probably go somewhere around that route yeah. as far as pickups go. But then the body style of a jazz master and it'll be my, Jazz Master P is what I'm calling it. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> It'll be funky fresh. It will but be. Yeah. Jazz, Josh, who we've had on the po- on the podcast before is helping me come up with like the schematics and stuff because I want to build it and like paint it and do everything myself, but obviously order all those parts. Right. But um, that's going to be crazy. It's going to be awesome when it happens. I'm going to have to steal some of your old pedals. <laughs> <laughs> Some reaver pedals or something. You got some memory man's lying around, I'm sure. Just Somewhere, You yeah. got cases of pedals, I'm sure. Yeah. What are you listening to, by the way, these days? Um, I mean... Yeah. see, Machina. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> anything Anything after 1996 you're listening to? <laughs> Machina came out in like 2000, dude. Chill out. Um, anything that Steven didn't write that you're listening to? <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, I have been... Uh, I popped the uh, I popped the suburbs back in. Uh, I liked that album when it came out. Uh, Arcade Fire, you know. I guess they won a Grammy or whatever. But uh, it was it was weird when it came out. I was like, yeah, this isn't bad. I listened to the record a little bit, and then it kind of sat. Then I listened to it a little bit more, and I was like, it's okay. And now I just came back to it again in the last couple of weeks, and I listened to it a little more, and I like it more now than I had the first two times that I kind of listened to it. Uh, it's got it's got more character than I thought it did. Again, I I'm not I don't necessarily think the songs are as good as 
as the ones on Neon Bible, which I'm a really big fan of that record. But And I know you and Steven have kind of talked yeah. all this out, so we don't have to bring all that No, it's fine. It w- one thing I don't think I talked about with Steven, and I don't think I could talk about with Steven because Steven doesn't draw a distinction between the two, but um, Arcade Fire, in my opinion, is a band that really floats between good songwriting and attitude like it's i it's sometimes like there's magic moments where it's both like wake up you know and it's just like attitude and and great songwriting and and keep the car running and like just great like it puts you in the mood and then there's also good songs um and that last record suburbs was really just like it's just attitude way more attitude. after seeing them live it was just like this Absolutely. is great. Like I, I, I appreciate what they're doing, but right. I don't, I don't know the song, so it's hard to be into right. it. Because I do feel like, and I don't, maybe that was intentional by them, but I, I feel like the songs aren't. You know, this is just my opinion. Take it for whatever it's worth. But I feel like the songs weren't as strong. But I felt like they were in the attitude or in the the vibe or the the character of the record, however you want to phrase it. Like it was. They were very specific, and I felt like they did a good job with it. Like the more I listen to the record, the more it's like, man, I, there's something there that really grabs me, and the attitude of it is a good way to put yeah, it. Yeah, and it's man, how many songs are on it? Like sixteen or something? Fourteen? Yeah, I th- around there. Whatever it is, it's a lot of songs. It to is keep, a lot of songs to keep that energy up. Right. Which, from everything I've heard, I haven't heard the record all the way through, but from yeah. everything I've heard, they did keep that yeah. energy up. So, uh, I've also been listening to. Uh, Man, I love that Scattered Trees record, that Sympathy record. Mm-hmm. I think it's partially because I know the guys in the band and girl. Uh, makes me appreciate it a little bit more. But It's really good, though. It's a great record. It's it's really interesting music from Chicago. That yeah. there, I mean, there's a lot of bands from Chicago that aren't that interesting. Right. And they are, they've, they've done a really good job. And I think, uh, and it's a sad, it's a sad record. <laughs> It's, it's really sad. It's called sympathy. Right. But it's it's uh man, it's it's a good listen. It's it's yeah, I've been listening to that a lot. Um you know, I, I popped in uh gave it a couple run throughs, Foo Fighters one by one. I haven't listened to that record forever. <laughs> one by one, that's where I lost track. Yeah. Yeah. I I pretty much listened to it was like nothing Dave left Grohl's to lose. Yeah. And that was about it yeah. when I was into them. And I listened to it pretty heavy. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back even further. And then I got into like Nirvana and, yeah. and everything. No, I'm not saying it's one of their best records, but it's good. It's it's uh, it was like Dave Grohl's response to like Queens of the Stone Age and sure, yeah, him trying to be Queens of the Stone Age and not Foo Fighters. But yeah, I remember songs when that, that video came out. I was with our mutual friend Andrew Vandermolen, and we watched it yeah. for the first time together, and it was just kind of like, oh shit, this <laughs> is awesome. <laughs> And then it was just kind of a big letdown from there. Right. right. <laughs> no, there was uh yeah. There's some there's some there's some great highlights in that record, but there's quite a few songs I skip over as well. Yeah. You know what? Come to think of it, I might even be thinking of a different record. I'm thinking of the record they came out with just a few years ago. Uh it had that one song. Oh on my it. gosh. What are you talking about the one that has like the like the, the Southern California s- screaming on it? The with it has the army in the video and they're like playing and then like that's that that uh thing blows up and it's just like color all of a sudden yeah that's uh that's a record that came out like 
two, three years ago. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's not one by one. That's, yeah, uh, I was in high school when one by one came out, and I remember yeah. like hearing it on Q101 and going, "No, nope. <laughs> nice, <laughs> <laughs> not yeah. interested." Because it has uh, the second track is the one that's like the Queens of the Stone Age. So it's like, it's like as low as you go, as low yeah. as you go. That sounds yeah, bad, dude. Don't, don't know it. It sounds exactly like Queens of the Stone Age. Though. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, we're butchering this. Stephen's going to listen back to this. Stephen's not going to listen to this. No. <laughs> Good thing, too, because our, our knowledge of Foo Fighters is not acceptable <laughs> it's for It's not him. acceptable in his eyes. <laughs> yeah. uh, for as one-dimensional as he thinks I am in music, he likes he likes the Foo Fighters, and I'm not really sure what else he listens to. Right. <laughs> I, can't, I can't put my finger on it. He hasn't listened to that TV on the radio record. Yeah. Um. I mean, what else have I been listening to? That's that's. It's okay if that's all you've been listening to. I listen to like, just like like two things at a time. Yeah, it's. It's weird. Yeah, I'll definitely I'll I'll be in spells. I kind of I was listening to that Alol the new Alol record a lot. Confetti, that 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 grew on me too. But I kind of been stepping away from that for a couple of weeks. Um. Yeah, you know I'll just burn a. It's weird. I try to once a week or once every couple of weeks go through my iTunes library and find something that I haven't listened to in forever and burn a CD. And yeah, because I drive to work, you know, I got an hour and a half of driving every day, so I try to right listen to stuff and I'll listen to some podcasts and some other stuff too. But yeah, I usually just listen to podcasts and then when the podcasts run out, I listen to music. And then it's kind of like when that happens and I do have to listen to music, it's like, oh man, this is awesome. I should yeah. listen to music more. <laughs> It's a funny balance because sometimes I'll just be in the mood. It's more interesting to hear people talk. You want to zone in on something. But yeah. Oh, you know what? Oh gosh, have you? Do you listen to Fantagram? No. You would love Fantagram. Really? It's awesome. It's um, it's a guy and a girl. Um, she plays keyboards and he plays guitar, and there's like crazy beats going on, and it's just it's, it's awesome. I was listening to some of that last night. Um, Sounds sweet. I have to send you a link, but. Um, is really cool and uh, yeah so I listened to that a little bit a little bit recently not much um, mostly just like YouTube videos because they're super interesting but um, I've been listening I've been listening to L1011 a little bit not as much as Owen though Um, uh, his name his real name is Mike starts with a K I think I'm I'm not even trying to butcher it but um, he's got this project called Owen and it's super intricate like just really cool guitar stuff like his picking and, and and everything is really yeah melodic and like the i don't know how he plays what he plays and sings at the same time but um he was also there, i mean i think i don't want to say they're from chicago maybe from peoria they're from pretty uh, an area pretty close to ours really um his brother w- had um a band called captain jazz and a band yes. called joan of arc like probably like when you were in high school like really? i was in probably middle school yeah um Jeez, and he ago, yeah huh? and he played drums in it yeah no right like when dj was a kid <laughs> yeah <laughs> um appleseed cast wasn't around then yeah, but long before appleseed cast was around <laughs> um you ever heard of pink floyd and then he, and then he kind of tried to like his kind of foo fighters project where he was kind of like stepping out at least this is kind of the 
my story of it, which probably isn't anywhere true, but sure, sure. he kind of made this band called American Football, and it was kind of like the beginnings of kind of like that emo kind of scene, except his was more like Appleseed cast and like intricate guitar parts and a lot of melody and stuff. Um, and now he's got this project, Owen, which is just crazy, brutal like lyrics that are just like oh shit he hates his friends yeah. <laughs> and then uh like super pretty guitar parts and pads and i think he does everything himself and uh uh my friend brian was telling me today when i was on the phone with him because um, he got me into him and i was just like thanking him immensely for showing it to me was that um he's on polyvinyl the his label and as far as i know um and the story that brian told me was um whenever they would give him money to record an album, he would take that money and put it towards his own studio. <laughs> and then like by the, t- like uh, he has this really good record called at home with Owen. And um, that was the first record that he did completely in the studio that he built from nice. the money that his label kept giving him to That's record. Awesome. And it is, it is an awesome sounding record. It sounds really cool for an acoustic guitar with some electric overdubs right. and like the drum sounds that he gets are really good. So take note. That's what we're gonna be doing Sweet. soon. Maybe I don't acoustic know. guitars. <laughs> acoustic guitars. You solo. have acoustic guitars in your cell. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's pretty much what I've been listening to. L ten eleven. Yeah, that, I mean, I I like watching them. No, I know it's yeah. I downloaded a couple songs last night just because, like, my favorite ones. There's a song called yeah. Three Plus Four. Um. Yeah, it's not as much. I know it's. Yeah. Sorry, not as much about the music as it's about watching them play the music. A little yeah, b- it's, I mean, it's more interesting. Their music is really good, but it's not something that I could like just... Right. And maybe it is. Maybe I haven't sat on it long enough, but it's not something that I feel like I could well, just listen not, to all I the mean, way through. Yeah, I think it's harder. I know I know you're into some of that like bands that become more instrumental, but you're usually a fan of the poppier end of those bands that are like instrumental. Right, right. Yeah, like... Um, like Apple Seacast, great example, right. f- favorite band of all time. I don't know if I've mentioned that on the podcast before. Um, Probably never. But um, like they they came out with a record in 2009 or 2010 called Sega Martha, and half of it's instrumental. And I don't really listen to that half. Like right. this, this, the songs that I like listen to are the ones that have a lot of pretty guitar melodies that carry like just the instrumental stuff. I can listen to if it has enough in the melodies of the guitars and the bass and even their drummer somehow is melodic, but, um, that, that I'll listen to it all the way through, but it's, yeah, it's gotta be somewhat poppy for me. Do you understand that? Do you, does that gravitate with you? I mean, like, does that resonate with you? We had, we had a big long conversation at the end of band practice the other night. We did. Um, which it was good. I thought one of the healthier some of the one of the healthier debates that we've had in our sure. band, but yeah, it was uh but it was I mean it was very uh there was a lot of uh, a lot of opinions expressed and a lot of you know and I mean, you know, it's not it's not like some big secret, you know, like we are four very different people in a band and we're trying to figure out how to, you know, be the best band that we can be with people feel like they're being a part of the band because we have kind of interesting setup in our band like everybody gets like steven is a majority songwriter lyricist and i would say even you know visionary for the band we kind of come under that 
umbrella, but we all share songwriting credit for everything, you know, like it's right. That's how we're, well, this song, I mean, we're and, set up. and in all fairness to the rest of the band, the songs do change quite a bit from the, oh, ori- from the original state to, Definitely. to where it's an urbanized song. But, um, yeah. And, and I mean, I think I can talk, we can talk about that conversation. Can't we? It's yeah. Not, I think it's, it's an interesting conversation to have on the podcast. Um, yeah. I mean, essentially like the band dynamic that we have is like you and Steven are very much more like simplicity, like less is more. Right. Um, like, yeah, I don't think there needs to be much more said about that, right? Yeah, less is more. And it's not even. I don't feel like you guys. We're on the more conservative end of, and we I use the phrase "serve the song," but serve the song. S- simplistically, to let the vocals shine and have the me- let the melody hold its place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's because there's plenty of different ways to interpret "serve the song." You know right. what I mean? Like and. Stephen and I kind of lean more towards serving the song in uh, like keeping ideas simple, not too flashy guitars would be flashy at certain points. You know, it's, it's, it's about serving the melody and, and serving, you know, the, the message of the song, you know, that comes through with the, with the vocals. And I don't think you guys disagree with that. It's just, you, feel like serving the song in a different way you know yeah i don't i don't uh i mean i obviously can't speak for dj but i will i don't think <laughs> we feel that way at all um i yeah i think i mean i th- I think dj and i are just more like like what what we have in us isn't simple right it's not like and it's not like we want to do crazy thing well you know maybe sometimes um uh, dj wants to do crazy things to do something crazy to fill space, but, um, not always. And I probably feel that way sometimes too, but, sure. um, you know, I think it's usually just like, you know, like set me on fire is a perfect example. I'll, I'll, I'll always bring it up. Like I love playing that song right. and it's the simplest song that we have right. in, in my, you play eighth notes, the whole song. I play eighth notes, the whole song, except for that little part in the second in, verse, in the which second I didn't even verse, write. Right. You wrote that baseline and I did. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You wrote that baseline. I um, I don't remember that at all. So you know, like such I, a good baseline. <laughs> the baseline is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I hate playing. I hate playing the second verse of that song with the rest of the song. Really, I, I don't remember that at all, dude. That's so weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you wrote that baseline. Um, um, yeah. Um, and and that's in my my opinion what that song needs. You know, right. I mean, that's what right. the power of that song is in that that constant. It's just like a train. It just. Right. It, it's chugs and uh so i don't like doing things just to do things but at the same time when there is something different happening like that's just where i'm at like i'm i'm always gonna be approaching the bass from a melody and not from right. like a a rhythm necessarily like um or you know i think sometimes it's a it's a it's a marriage of both of them like right. Like with um, we have a new song. There's rhythm involved. I mean, we have a new song called "Nothing Is Better," and it's very rhythmic. What I'm playing is very rhythmic and also right. very melodic at the same time in the choruses. But um, right. and walking away, it's very rhythmic too. In the chorus, yeah. I mean, it's really simple and rhythmic. Yeah, yeah. In the chorus, and even that the lead that I do in the is very right. rhythmic too. But yeah. um, 
But yeah, I think I mean like year, but that's right. just the um, the dynamic that our band has. It was just like people who want it to be simple and people who want it to be not a complicated. Little, a little more, a little more intricate. Yeah, not complicated, but I mean, I think that's just where we come from. Is like DJ and I listen to and we take in a lot of music, um, and and you do uh, probably more. Uh, I think you and DJ. You're probably gonna say this, but I think you and DJ process a lot more music than Steven and I do. I think Steven listens to a lot of music. The three of you probably listen to more way more music than I do, any one of you, mm-hmm. to be honest. Uh, Steven listens to a lot of music, but it's very much It's from a it's, different it's, angle. It's from song. It's from song angle, you know. Yeah. And he'll I mean and he has appreciation for other things, but his main focus is song you know like is there is there what oh, are the vocal yeah. hooks in this song exactly. where's the melody is it a well put together song you know yeah and, and i approach it from the exact process yeah. that i think well i think dj because dj uh, to do him no discredit is a songwriter so he songwriter. definitely does approach things from that angle um and i think he's kind of a combination between me and steven because what right. i approach those things is from a very different angle like right. mine is is pretty much just attitude like right. can i believe what they're doing right. based on everything that they're doing in the song um and i care about all those melodies but like as far as vocal melodies go it's very complicated to explain because i do i won't listen to it unless it has good melodies and anything like that but i also won't listen to it unless i believe it right. <laughs> if that makes sense sure um yeah yeah, it was, uh, and I'm still, I think we probably all are kind of processing that talk and where we go from here, but uh, I feel like the main, the main, well, I mean, just to kind of explain a little bit what happened is we wrote, we have a new song that we're all, we all really like, you know, it's in our top couple favorite new songs that we've, for all of us that we've written, right? Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. It's called, uh, it's called Coming Alive, and... Uh, it's you know it's it's an incredible song and from the time we first started working on it till now it's like it's it's gotten pretty badass you know like it's, it's a phenomenal song it's yeah. gotten uh it started off as a great song and now it's like you know it's just it's got that thing that when you play it it's like yes i believe it you know um we we as a band have been struggling on the on the bridge section, the middle eight. The middle know. eight. <laughs> I was gonna, I was just gonna say that. Were you really? <laughs> the <hilarious>. middle eight. <laughs> I literally don't think I've ever said middle eight. <laughs> no, you. that's that's not a term I've ever thrown out. But I wanted to say middle <laughs> I just eight. Just toss so bad. it out there. That's so great. Um, <laughs> we were struggling with the middle eight section, and uh, and we spent. An hour and a half, maybe two hours working on something. Yeah, it was probably close to two hours. I mean, after we had already worked on it, multiple rehearsals, you know, like we already had a foundation and then we kind of built off of it from there and tweaked it even more, you know, for hours and got and got it somewhere where it was, you know, it was it was pretty sweet. Mm -hmm. Something cool that we all created together and it took some time. It took some work and. And basically, at the end of it, you know, and also something we have n- never done, and not, and DJ likes to say, and um, you know, this is something that we've never done, and that's why he likes to do things because it's like a progression for us. Right. But uh, 
in in my eyes, it was something, yes, it's something that we've never done, but it was also like something that we've never done that I felt like was a very good representation of what we could do. Like not just to show off, but like, this is something, this is an attitude, if you will, that we have not portrayed. Yeah. This is is a side of us that we can do and we can do well. Yeah. But we just haven't done it yet. And now we won't do well. (laughs) 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 Or, or maybe we will, you know, uh, uh, basically after we spent all that time working on it, you know, and I was, I mean, being totally honest, like, if the three of you guys were behind that, like, I was fine with it. It was cool. I liked what happened, where it was going. I just, and I, I still feel like we're kind of jumping the gun on it because I process, personally, I process things better when it is demoed out and I can listen back to it multiple times. Right. You don't have the option to listen to it. And, you know, obviously I process things a little slower than the rest of the people in the band, but... um. I didn't necessarily feel like it was uh I felt like it was it was too much like again leaning towards the simpler side of things like I feel like the chorus is great and it was a whole nother song idea inside of a song for me that didn't make sense you know yeah. what I mean See I am usually the one that shouts that like I'm usually the one that's like uh this is a it's completely true. new idea like this is a completely <laughs> different song and for me for some reason that didn't resonate with me. That right. was like the release of the tension that we've built up. Right. And that felt right to go into that. Yeah. And, and I mean, maybe I'm just blind to it, but it, I still don't think that it's necessarily a different right. song, but, sure. um, and that's how, and it was kind of, kind of split down the middle. And that's kind of what brought the conversation on is that DJ and Bradley were very much on board with this bridge that we just spent, you know, a lot of hours, not just two hours, like building from that. It's probably ten hours before that working on that <laughs> yeah. stupid bridge, but um and Steven and I felt like it was it wasn't necessarily right that we leaned towards something simple, even if it was just instrumental in the back end of the course again, you know, like and I'm not I'm which, not at all which saying, yeah, and I said I said it that night and I still stand by it. I don't disagree with it. Like right. like if uh I mean I think that it's a great bridge. And I think it's a great bridge too. I, I think, think it stands think either way. We can make it work. I yeah. Mean, and I think that it, the truth and like, I think that it stands really well with it. And I think that it'll stand great without it. Yeah. Um, I agree. Cause the song's, the song's great no matter what, like yeah. it's got the hooks in it, you know, it's got the stuff in it, but, uh, like I don't, I don't necessarily think that it needs it, but I think that it's, it is great with it. If that makes any sense. I really like, wish we would have done with it out of this strange feeling. That he's not going to remember that melody, but, and I loved that we did, by the way. Like, I thought it was an incredible progression. T- and, you know, mm-hmm. when when it did finally all happen towards the end, when we were getting the bridge where it was, like, yeah. it was, like, if nothing else, that could be another song. You know what I mean? Yeah, like and see, that's see that's where I, I, I thought of this after our conversation, where it's, it, 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 it is something that we don't do. And afterwards, and, and as I was thinking about it, uh, kind of the thought creeped into my head and it's kind of stuck with me is um, I kind of felt like maybe, and this is maybe the way that you guys approach these things, but um, was it the fact that it was so different of a feel from the rest of the song that was like, because for me, I, I got the feeling that you guys would probably rather have that part be 
a verse instead of a standout bridge or something like that. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. like this is this is a completely different song in the sense that like this is the foundation for something else instead of this. Right. Okay. Yeah, because that's I mean that's where like that and and I say this lightly, but that almost makes me nervous in the sense that it's like, well, a cool idea can be somewhere for a short period of time. Right. You know what I mean? No, I think and I think we do that like even even in information, you know. Maybe that's not a great example, but did we play that wrong tonight? I felt like we played that wrong tonight. After the first, after the first chorus, isn't there? No, Stephen just went right into the second verse. Yeah, he did, and, and I was like, like, "Whatever." Oh, okay. There's supposed to be bass here. Right. I'm gonna play now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's same thing with "Hear Me Out." By the way, that's an interesting point. We did that too. Yeah, songs we played a million times, just kind of. Cut, cutting them short. <laughs> well, this is 30 seconds right. shorter. <laughs> Let's cut out that part. Go on. No, that's uh that's that's an interesting that's an interesting point. Um I need to I need to think about that a little bit. You need to think about that a little bit longer. <sighs> Let's uh can I tell a story? You can tell a story, yeah. yeah but, oh, about your your um your hand. Then we had a I pulled up here met Steven at the rehearsal space about six six o'clock ish. And uh I got out of my car and I was like, Hey, what's up? We're talking about stuff and he's like, Hey, let me grab my guitar out of the my car, out of my truck, you know. He's got a truck that he bought from you. It's a yellow uh Sonoma. Sonoma. Two seater. It's got a I'll I I have said it before and I'll say it again. It's got an awesome sound system. It does have a sweet sound system there. It's just factory. It's got like four speakers and that tiny cab. Yeah. It's just a two-seater. It's not crew cab or it's anything. Loud. It's a bench seat. And it's got four speakers and it's like, whoa. Yeah. It's awesome. It's sweet in there. It's not anymore with a missing window. Go on. Anyway, thanks for ruining my story. Um, so Steve and I... By the way. Grab some out of by, the way, by the way, you're welcome. Thanks. He, uh, and he's like, oh, great. You know, lock my keys in the car. And... Which is really funny because Stephen and I are very different in this way because I literally leave my keys in the ignition everywhere I go. Doors unlocked. Doors unlocked. Um, and um, and it's Stephen a black Alero. Yeah. <laughs> car seat in the back. Pink car seat. Hundred hundred dollar bills in the glove right. co- glove compartment. Glove box. Um, and Stephen, I call it a, I call it a compartment. Locks his car when in, he pumps his gas. In Portage, in Portage, we call it compartments. <laughs> Cool. It's just, maybe it's a north thing. I don't know. You guys are pretty far south. <laughs> pretty far. So conversely, Stephen locks his car when he, you know. Conversely. That's what I said. Okay. Not convexly. No. <laughs> he locks locks his car. A lot. Or inversely. <laughs> sure. So I'm like, hey, you know, what are we? What are you gonna do? You know, I was like, does your wife have a spare set of keys? No, no spare set of keys. He's like, nope. Sorry about that. He's like, can I call, uh, <laughs> he's like, you think I can call, you know, the dealer and see if they can make you a set of keys? And I was like, in in an hour? No, there's no way that's going to happen. You call know, a locksmith. Like, a locksmith, sure. If you pay whatever, 150 bucks and they're not, I know they're not cheap, but they come out and do it. Cheaper than replacing a window. <laughs> a lot cheaper than replacing a window. 
So uh, I was like, dude, you want me to try to break in, you know, like, because, A, I've done that a bajillion times because I've locked myself out and I've never called sure. a locksmith. I've just pried windows down or stuck coat hangers through sunroofs. Like. So anyway, uh, I get literally like a, a cat's paw and a pry bar <laughs> and start like prying the window down from the top like up underneath the rubber like get a little bit right get a little bit more get a little and i'm getting a little bit like i got i got it like an inch maybe an inch and a half you know but it's not like staying like so down or out like down okay like i'm praying it down you know what i mean and i i was i, I was like literally if i could have gotten another like inch i could have gotten something in there like a stick or something popped up his lock and yeah, and also crank it. windows too. You could have just stuck your hand in there and Yeah, but I can't reach, you know. Right. It was only that much. So right. I get my hand in there, you know. So I just, I just need a little bit more and I put a little bit more pressure on it and that window just shattered his passenger side window like it and somehow your hand got knocked in the mix. And my hand got it bled like a stuck pig for probably about forty five minutes. Like it I hasn't it swollen really stuck. though. It's crazy. Like I just it finally it finally quit. I was actually getting a little a little weak. I wasn't getting dizzy, but it was like <laughs> it was like you would you would I would put like a paper towel on it as soon as I brought it off. It was like five seconds later, like dripping onto the floor. Like I was in the bathroom and I was trying because I got like a piece of glass in my eye. Oh, like a piece out. You were contacts too. Yeah, I was getting like a piece out of my eye. I pulled my mic away, sorry. And and I wasn't paying attention to my hand. I looked down and there was literally like a pool of blood on the floor in the bathroom. <laughs> awesome. It was it was so much blood. It was incredible. So I apologize to Stephen for breaking his window. <laughs> Shattering his window. The drive home too. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So good times. Good times. Well, you feel you feel good about this podcast? Yeah. Awesome. No, uh, no segments, no nothing. No man. This is just raw. This is, this is this is a, uh, we're gonna do a few of these just bare bones. So shoot, do do do. No, no reading Jeremy's tweets because uh, since the last podcast was recorded, I don't think there has been that many. Uh-huh. Except that you were excited to do a podcast with me tonight. I was tweeted about that. Yeah, you, you did. Hey, did you? Uh, this is totally incredibly random. Did you see uh, Mike Racanelli on Parks and Rec? I saw the picture of it. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> that was amazing. Classic rack attack, dude. Was he drinking snake juice in the background? <laughs> <laughs> you could only see like half of his face, but yeah, it was sweet. Definitely made the show more handsome. Absolutely, he's one good-looking guy. Absolutely, he is. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Thanks for filling in for Steven tonight, dude. And, thanks uh, for having me. It was yeah, my man. pleasure. This has been good. This is the the raw side urbanites. You know, we air all our dirty laundry now. Yep. So don't fuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> Classic F bomb. <laughs> good stuff. Well, Jeremy, you want to say goodbye? Uh, yeah. Party time. <laughs> oh, goodbye. Thank you. Urbanites, uh, mini ramblers. Yeah, and be excellent to one another. For the love of God, be excellent to one another. <laughs>